Welcome to Show Me South County, a podcast that shares the stories behind businesses, people, and neighborhoods that make living in South St. Louis County awesome. I'm your host, Kevin Dewey. Thanks for joining me. Let's get into today's episode. All right, well, I'm really excited to be joined by my guest today, Nick Trexler, the head coach for the boys basketball team at Oakville. Welcome, coach. Thanks, Kevin. I appreciate it. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I mean, first of all, congratulations on winning your most recent district championship. Uh, thanks. Uh, last Tuesday night, we had the opportunity to play Fox at our place. Um, we actually got to have a few fans, so they're easing up their restrictions a little bit, which was nice. And it's been 11 years since we won one, so our boys were really excited. Oh, I bet. I bet. So how long have you been the coach at Oakville? 16 years now. Okay. And, and how many total years have you been a head basketball coach? Uh, this marks 18 years in the profession as a head coach. That's awesome. And so it kind of, you know, take you back to when you were first kind of starting to think about, you know, becoming a coach, like what were those kind of early seeds that made you say like, you know what, I think I may, you know, want to, want to get into coaching someday. <laughs> well, uh, it actually started for me when I was a little kid, um, fourth, fifth, and sixth grade in central Illinois, we had basketball leagues in the winter. And we idolized all the varsity high school basketball players because they were our coaches for those little league teams. And I just, I looked up to everything that they did. I thought they were amazing. And it was a magical experience. Um, out of high school, I went to the military. And after the military, I was trying to decide what I wanted to do. And somebody said, well, why don't you go and teach and coach because you love basketball so much. Um, so I had the opportunity to go play a little college basketball after the service. And I thought it was just a perfect fit for me to go into coaching. That's great. Well, first of all, thank you for your service. Appreciate that. Thank you. Um, and and second of all, so um, where did you play your, your college ball? So I, I spent two years at Parkland College, which is in Central Illinois in Champaign. Um, go Fighting Illini. I took a bunch of classes there as well. And they're doing real good right now in basketball. So that's nice to see. Yeah. Uh, two years there. And then um, – I was going to sit on Lon Kruger's bench at Illinois as a walk-on, preferred walk-on, but uh, Webster University's head coach, Lance Randall, who at the time was only two years older than me, uh, watched us in the junior college uh, tournament, and he invited me to come to Webster University and play. So that was really my first experience in uh, being in St. Louis for any length of time. Came down to uh, Webster. Um, we were the first team ever in Webster's um, program to actually get to the NCAA tournament. So that was a, an awesome experience as well. Stayed at uh, Webster for my two years and then uh, got a job almost immediately at Oakville as an assistant coach and teacher. And I've been here ever since. That's awesome. So yeah, so I was actually at Webster at the same time that uh, Coach Randall uh, was there. I played baseball. So what years were you there? So I was there, uh, that would have been 98 to 2001. Okay. Okay. So we overlapped a little bit. I graduated in 1999. 90, so that's right. too funny. Uh, did any chance did you play with Ryan Good? I did. Yeah. Yeah. He's the head, head coach over at Fopon now, right? He sure is. He was my roommate when I was there. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Good. He's a good guy. Yeah. That's awesome. And, uh, I, I still am pretty good friends with Matt Shockley as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 His daughters and my daughters both go to school together. They're all the same age. Nice. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. We had a, you know, we didn't, uh, the, I mean, the baseball team is phenomenal now. They were, you know, preseason number one in the country. Um, you know, we weren't very good when, uh, when I was there, I probably wouldn't even make the team now, but we, we sure had a lot of fun. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. It, it was a, it was a, you know, that was a really good time at Webster university across the board. They were really starting to amp up their athletics. 
Yeah. And uh, I give them props because we had a lot of fun there and it was a really good um, educational experience too. Right. Yeah. Totally agree. So um, was uh, Paul Zelmer on the team when you were there? Paul was one of my roommates as well. We're still yeah. very good friends. Awesome. Awesome. Man. Yeah. You guys, you guys were fun to watch. Yeah. Imagine yeah. we ran into one another a couple times along the way. Yeah, we had to have had to have for sure. <laughs> well, good deal. So I guess, you know, as far as, you know, coaching goes, I think everybody, every, every, you know, coach I've ever heard interviewed, they always kind of have another coach that they've, you know, idolized or try to model their, you know, their philosophies behind who are some of the biggest influences, um, you know, coaching wise that you've had in, in your life. That's a great question. Um, for me, my uh, high school coach is now in the Illinois and Indiana high school hall of fame. His name is Ted Turner. Um, a ton of victories. I don't know how many, but he was, he was one of those guys that was kind of no nonsense. And that's how I grew up in central Illinois. Um, you did it his way, but you did it to the best of your ability. And he expected um, greatness. And th that was one of those things that I really liked uh, as a player. I, I liked the challenge. I wanted to be better every day. Um, I didn't understand why people didn't want to win if they were going to go out and play a sport, that kind of thing as a kid. Um, so I really liked that. But as I got older, you know, certain coaches like, um, Krzyzewski, uh, as far as basketball was concerned, they had a, a mindset that it wasn't good enough just to win games. You had to play at the absolute highest level that you could possibly play as a person. And you had to carry yourself with character off the court or off the field as well. Um, guys like that, I really admired because their expectations on a daily basis was that you were not only good at your sport, but you were good at whatever you would uh, put your mind to doing. So yeah, those two are, are two that I really looked at. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I, I've always found that the best coaches are, are, the, are the people that aren't just teaching you, you know, the skills that you need for the, for the court or the field, but it's, you know, the, the, the ones that you look back on your life and you're like, man, like I use things that they taught me, you know, on the baseball diamond or on the basketball court, like in my everyday life now, um, and those are the biggest, you know, the, the coolest things about when I look back at the coaches that I've had over the years, um, just that I've, you know, just hold it in such high respect now. And it's like at the time, you don't, you don't feel that, you know, the, the things that they're imparting on you is going to be that much of a, you know, that big of a dynamic in your life. But, you know, when you, when you get away from it and you look back, you're like, wow, like it's, that's pretty, that's pretty impactful. So that's, that must be an awesome, you know, feeling and a, and a big responsibility that you feel as a coach, knowing that you're going to be able to impart life skills on these kids, you know, at a very, I mean, high school is a huge, you know, important part of their life to take those steps onward. Kind of, you know, can you talk a little bit about that and like, you know, your philosophies for that as well? Yeah. Um, I think you hit it on the head, especially with uh, today's youth. It's not just um, coaching the sport. It's trying to relate to them and, and get them to understand why it's important for them to do these things. Uh, I think our youth right now, they're, they expect you to explain what you're doing, why you're doing it, what the end result is. You know, and I think when I was a, a student athlete, it was, this is what you're going to do. Just go do it. Don't, no questions asked. So the, the psychology of sports coaching has really morphed and changed over the years. Uh, and I think for the better of both the student athletes and the sports uh, themselves, one of the things that, uh, we, I take pride in here, and I can't remember where I got the idea from, but every summer now for probably about the last four, 13 or 14 years, 
I take my basketball players to Central Illinois. We play in a tournament in Lincoln, Illinois, and then we spend three or four days camping together. Nice. And a lot of these guys have never went camping. And I grew up on a lake, so we camp on the lake. I make the, the kids, or I give them the opportunity, we'll say, to uh, try to put their own tents up, start fires. Then we play all kinds of outdoor games, you know, uh, cornhole and uh, washers. We have all these tournaments. And most of the time on my exit interviews when they're seniors and they're leaving, their greatest memories are not of basketball, but of the camping trips. Oh, I bet. I bet. That's awesome. No, that sounds like a great, great time and a great team bonding um, opportunity for sure. Well, you can learn so much about your student athletes and kind of yourself when you take them out in the woods like that, um, who the real competitive kids are, who are the ones that are the peacemakers and can get everybody settled down, the kids that other kids gravitate to or the ones that are really shy and, and need that extra time around people. And that tells you a lot of stuff that can help you when you get onto the court, knowing who you can get after a little bit, other guys that you need to bring to the side so they're away from everybody to get them the encouragement they need to, to move forward in a positive way. But it really sets the tone and the stage for how you want to coach the individuals to make the team better as you move on. Yeah, 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 that's awesome. So when you, when you look back at, you know, your, your teams in the past and even, you know, when you look at your current team, is there how important of a role is having a team with with a with a leader or with a handful of leaders on it that you can kind of um, you know lean on and, and impart you know I guess have them almost like take ownership of of, of the team and of their play uh, how important is that for for teams? Oh, I, I think that's absolutely essential, especially today. Um, the the buy-in that coaches talk about has nothing to do with the coaches anymore. The buy-in has to do with how those student athletes are willing to sacrifice for one another. And if you don't have a, a strong leadership that has a positive character core to them, then your team struggle. And I have seen that my own teams and other teams. Uh, a great example, we went to the state uh, championship game in 2010. And that group of young men, I had three seniors that year and one junior who I did not have to go to the first hour of practice and I could look into the windows of the gym and they would be just bleeding sweat and getting after each other. And when you have those types of young men that can do that for you and for themselves, man, it makes our jobs easier because they get the everybody in line. And there was an old phrase that an old coach, Steve Nabot told me a long time ago, the kids know their pecking order a heck of a lot better than the coaches do. And yeah. when you have strong leaders, that makes that job so much easier. That's awesome. So, so from a coaching standpoint, if you, you know, after you make your cuts and you have your team for the season that's early in the year, if, if you don't have, you know, any, any like dynamic kids that are standing out to you as leaders, is, is there a way for coaches to, you know, to build up other kids and, and help them in their leadership abilities and by the end of the season have them turn them into leaders or is that kind of leadership a thing that's you know kind of just kind of born, born within people you know that's a very good question kevin i think um there's three things that we normally do the first one is we do basically three sets of evaluations with players uh throughout the year beginning of the year middle of the year and end of the year and as coaches we sit down and we try to identify who we think the leaders are before we start the season. Um, 
And that first set of evaluations, when we sit down with those players, we try to nudge them in that direction. Um, we don't necessarily always come out and say, we want you to be leaders, but we give them things that they can be working on. And that would show that their leadership to the other guys on the team. Um, and sometimes it works and those guys start to take those reins and other times we feel that that's not happening. So then we look to the younger guys and we try to find guys that, okay, well, maybe we need to start building that bedrock with you now to get you up to speed when we move on forward. Uh, the, the next thing that we do is we do a lot of team bonding stuff off the court because that's where guys get to know and trust each other a lot better. Um, and the third thing is we built a, uh, a locker room. And in that locker room, we have couches and we have chairs where the guys can hang out. There's wooden lockers for them, et cetera. And it's an enclosed space in an upper locker room where they can hang out and hash out problems and figure out their pecking order so that leadership hopefully can start to emerge. So through those things, usually we get some leadership. But if we don't, then we basically have to do it ourselves. And that's when we know we're going to struggle when it comes to late times of the year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Man, that's great. So um, uh, I guess who are, who are some of your big leaders on this year's team? Um, awesome, awesome question. We had a young man, his name is Drew Elsey. He's a senior. I think he's been in our gym since about third grade, every chance he could get. Um, he's like me. He's only about five foot seven, five foot eight. Uh, but he has the motor and the heart of a lion. And kids just gravitate to him because he's so positive all the time. And his work ethic is just so tremendous that they almost feel ashamed that they don't work as hard as him. Um, our point guard is an, a kid. He's a senior named Matt Keller. And he is the goofball of the group. So when we need a lighthearted moment, we lean on him. When we need to be pushed harder, we lean on Drew Elza. Um, so that's a great dynamic between the two of those. And then we've got a senior, his name is Trent Combe. And he plays probably about one minute every seven games. So he never gets on the court. But he is the leader of what we call the Renegades. And the Renegades usually get about three or four minutes a game where they go out and play a specific defense. It's guys that don't get a whole lot of minutes but they are the ones that are the champions on the bench. And you have to have those guys as well that rally those bench guys around the kids that are on the floor. Yeah. And anytime we need a scout team or whatever, he takes, he takes charge of that and makes it so much better. And you see those guys on the bench during the games, they're all amped up all the time. They really care about the kids that are on the floor. So you need all those aspects, I think, of leadership if you want to be successful. That's cool. That's cool. So have you ever had a chance or an experience where you've got, you know, a kid who maybe in his head, he's one of the starting five or, you know, maybe the first, you know, the sixth man off the bench, but just, you know, the way the team is that year, he's more of a renegade style player. You, you know, that you need him to be more in that role. How do you get kids to kind of buy into that, you know, lesser, you know, in, in, in I guess in everybody, uh, layman's terms, I guess, you know, it's from the, you know, from his perspective, it may be a lesser role where I know you, for you as a coach, it's not a lesser role at all, but how, how do you get kids to buy into maybe that, you know, renegade style when they really think that they should be, you know, maybe the, the fifth man or sixth man. You need kids like Trent Cone. You, you need those um, student athlete leaders who can get those kids together and say, Hey, 
we have a job to do. This is what we can do for this team to make us better. That's number one. But I think the other thing too is, you know, the preseason, postseason, and in-season evaluations, you have to be really honest with those kids. Um, we asked that question. We asked, where do you think that you rank in, in, in the order? Top eight, top 10, top five. And once they tell us that, we tell them what we think they, where they are and what they would need to do to improve to maybe move up or stay where they're at, for example. And I think that openness of communication goes a long way for trust with those kids. Because if you're honest with them and you always have that door open that they can come in and say, what can I do to get better? What can I do to move up on the, on the chain? Then I think they can feel a little bit more satisfied with where they are. Um, and then they can contribute better to the overall team aspect. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. You definitely need, need those selfless, selfless players on the team for sure. It, and they are, you know, they don't come around. It's hard to find them sometimes. For uh, sure. And you know, sometimes you'll have a kid that um, he'll score 17 points in a game and make great shots, but then he'll forget to play defense for the next three games. And you realize, well, I can't really play you a lot because what you're giving us offensively, you're also giving back threefold because you don't do what you need to do on the other end. And again, that's where those conversations start to come in. And you have to have that. It's a tough conversation, but I think high school kids need it. Hey, if you don't do this, then the consequences are this. So your responsibilities lie here and ours lie here for us to be successful. And that's one of the greatest things about team sports. And I know you know that um, this is where you learn how to become a man. That's what we tell our boys all the time. If I was coaching girls sports, I'd say something different. But for us, you know, what is it to be a man? And it's to take responsibility for your actions to do the things you need to do for your own success and the success of others around you. And all the time, be willing to accept those responsibilities and understand whatever you put into it is what you're going to get out. Love it. Love it. Well, I guess, you know, since you guys have wrapped up the district championship, what's, uh, you know, the, the old philosophy is you take it one game at a time. What's the next game? What, what's the next step here for you guys? Yeah. So um, we play Poplar Bluff down in Poplar Bluff two hour ride. Uh, next, this coming Tuesday night at 6 p.m. Um, and they uh, they don't have any restrictions from COVID down there. Um, so they will have that place packed with their fans, I'm sure. So we're going to try to get a few people from South County. Any of the listeners out there, you want to go down, you'll see a really, really good game of basketball. And we'd love to have as much support as we could possibly get. But it's 6 p.m. at Poplar Bluff on Tuesday. Awesome. Sounds like a fun little road trip. Should be. Should be. Very cool. Very cool. Well, coach, thanks. Thanks so much for your time. And obviously good luck to you guys uh, as you, as you advance and uh, try to win that state championship uh, title. Yeah. Kevin, thanks so much. And appreciate you doing stuff like this. It's great to get information about South County out there. I think there's a lot of great things going on in South County. So it's always good to see this. Um, when I moved here from central Illinois, I wasn't sure if I'd ever want to stay, but I married a, a St. Louis girl and I, I can't say enough good things about St. Louis. So I appreciate you having me on. Good deal, man. Well, you're an awesome part of South County, so we appreciate you. Thanks, Kevin. All right, man. Take care. You as well. Thanks for listening to Show Me South County. If you're digging the show, please share it on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to it in Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from.